Hey guys, it's Mike Box Elder, and this is the Box Angels Podcast. Just want to give you a heads up. I've launched a Patreon. The plan is to host the audio archives of the podcast over there, patreon.com slash boxangeles. So most of the first iteration are over there. But if you have any ideas of content I can put on there that would make you become a patron, like guest Q&A episodes or myself only episodes, feel free to let me know, patreon.com slash boxangeles, or you can hit me up on Instagram DMs or whatever. All right, my guest this week is actor Jen Gardner. I couldn't be more excited. I met Jen Gardner many years ago at IO West, back when IO West was a thriving comedy club. She's the nicest, kindest, silliest person I know. She booked a recurring role on On the Verge on Netflix during COVID. That was her first big TV show in addition to the many uh, commercials she does. But that story of how she booked that was fascinating since it was happening during COVID. She talks about it in this episode. Oh, I'm so happy to see Jen thrive, and I think you guys will be too. So without further ado, I give you... Hello, I'm Jennifer E. Gardner. I'm five, four and a half, and I'm based in Los Angeles. Have a great day! <laughs> Jen, I am so excited to talk to you. Thank you, me Jen, too. Jen, I've known you for so long. Like I'm, I feel like I met you when you were fresh off the boat. Yeah. A wide-eyed Swedish girl yeah. from Sweden. What happened? And I'm so... Uh, what happened was... We became really good friends, yes. I think. Maybe you disagree, but no, I, I think we've become very good friends. We stayed close. And you uh, had this huge audition right before COVID, and then that spun into a Netflix recurring character. How crazy is it? Like, my little Jen off, fresh off the Swedish boat. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I guess that was eight years ago that we met, probably. Eight yeah, years. Yeah, a long time ago. And... Uh, I can't believe the things that have happened since. Yeah, talk about the On the Verge. On the Verge was a Netflix Start show. Start right talk away. About that, yeah, okay. talk Love about it. that audition because I know the story, but your first audition was pre-COVID and then you got cast much later. Ta- yeah. Talk about that audition. So um, my, that was, On the Verge was my first theatrical audition. Crazy. Crazy. Amazing. Crazy. And um, I got it in March of 2020. My first audition was like March 6th or something to be specific. So exciting. So exciting. And uh, very nerve wracking. And then a couple of days later, they was like, they were like, "Ah, oh, let's let's bring you in for a callback. You'll read with the Julie Delby." And did you, did you feel like the audition went well? Oh yeah. Did you know it was going to be a recurring uh, role? I knew from the breakdown it's going to be three to five episodes. It ended up being seven episodes okay. for me. Um, it was a good audition. It was an in person audition, and the character Gretchen, she was a au pair from Germany and uh, she wore a bunch of onesies all the time, a bunch of leopard onesies and stuff like that. And when I got the audition notice, I had a leopard onesie in my uh, closet. So I knew right away, hey, I'm going to just wear that. So I walked into the audition, my first audition, and the casting director, Wendy O'Brien, she came out to like bring someone else in and she looked at me and she just went, perfect. Perfect wardrobe. Shaking you know, her head up yeah, and down. She, yeah. she was just like, good like good choice good choice and i was so nervous just waiting in the waiting room and then when i walked in but that had to re- relieve a little bit of tension. a little bit yeah. and i saw a couple other people who left when i came in and they were wearing like pjs and i'm yeah. assuming for the same role but i had what they like described Amazing. in the script and i just had it in my closet so that for sure helped but still nerve-wracking yeah uh because something i've been working on for like working for for a long time how was many actually, pages was it it was two scenes, okay. four or five pages, okay. 
and I walked in and I knew it. I knew it so well. Like I knew the you were lines. Essentially off book. I was. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just put my sides to the side, which Ooh. you're not supposed to do, but I did it. It's a power move. And then uh, she started the scene and I forgot my lines. No way. Really? Twice. That's cr- Wait. Twice. <laughs> so you started didn't know and she said let's do it again yeah so she gave me the first line and i just looked at her and i it was almost like you know when you're um auditioning for something and you say the lines over and over in your head so you know them yeah but then there's something so different when they come out yeah so you always say them out loud which i had done but with someone else so i just wasn't expecting her to be like in it you know acting, oh she whatever. really like gave she, was it. she wasn't it. just monotone I no see. no she was in it and i just looked at her and i was like uh sorry can we start over and then she's like yeah of course and then she did it again and i went uh, <laughs> and i just i like leaned forward and i grabbed the pages out of her hand i just went hey let me just take a look at this quickly and i looked at the first line i went all right i got it and then they like restarted the tape oh that's hilarious and then i got it like i was like after that i knew it was just that first well, you had built Line. this up. It was your first TV audition. Yes. You built this up in your head. You were overthinking. It also, probably. when I walked into the audition room, there was a cricket making noise. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, it always happens during this time. And so she was like throwing pens at the corner of the room. That's and hilarious. It was like so, such a relaxed environment, but I just wasn't used to it. Yeah, yeah. It's so not I was, a natural situation. No. Yeah. And so... They were very nice. So we did it a few times. And the funny thing is, I watched you you on On the Verge, and that character has a weird confidence about her. Yes. So you grabbing that side, I imagine, was probably just one of those things that yes. they were like, wow, that is... And it's also just something that I've been taught to, you know, if you make a mistake, just ask to start over. Because oh, yeah, for sure. Just do it, you know, and it's so hard to actually do that. Because when you make a mistake, it's so scary. Yeah. But if you have that confidence, be like, wait, I got this. Like, I I knew I had it. Like, I yeah. knew I knew this line. I had practiced. I had coached on it. I knew it. Yeah. And I was angry that I didn't get But then I was like, oh, I got this. The moment I got the first line, I was like, oh, it's done. So we did a few times. She improvised with me a little bit. Yeah. My yeah. understanding for the mess ups is if you do it right away, ask for it. But if you do it in the scene, like, yeah. own that. And like, that's a gift. Something's yeah, going to come it, out yeah. of that. and. And yeah. so, like you playing with the the grabbing it from them, I feel like that's a gift that probably just kept giving. I think it was just like you said, the confidence of it being like, no, I I know this, and I was so confident that I put my pages down and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that I messed up twice. You're like you're like a baseball player going up, pointing to the home yeah. run you're gonna hit, and then you fucking drop and then the I keep, bat. I keep pointing. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you did it multiple times then after that, I or did, just the I, once? I did. Uh, both scenes twice okay and she just said you know no notes or anything let's just do it again and then she would add a line at the end great so did you leave with confidence or did you leave like fuck i fucked it up with the i left with a lot of confidence because she was very nice afterwards what did she say um she just said like oh i i you know we could send you to set right now i wish i could send you to wardrobe right now but you're already in wardrobe so oh that's great i don't know if they're allowed to say stuff like that but she said it so that's great well and i called my agent and i called my coach and i was like it went well and then a few days later i got the note about the callback and then the world shut down yep so my callback was supposed to be like the week after everything shut down and then they just emailed my agent and said oh we'll bring her in once you know things open up again no one knew when things were going to open up and then a few months later 
my agent called me and they just booked me off that first audition. That's incredible. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. They didn't keep up. They didn't check in at all prior Nothing. to that. Nothing. I had, I had no idea what was yeah. happening. Did you, you, I assume you didn't have any auditions in between those either. I think I had like, um, co-star some something but nothing because nothing was filming yeah nothing no i had a i had the on the verge and then i got like a audition that same week for some indie movie yeah which i never heard i mean i don't even know if they filmed it but right and then everything shut down yeah i just had oscar montoya yeah who you know on last yes. week and uh <laughs> he had the same thing he auditioned right before covid for something didn't hear from for like six months and then suddenly yeah. like okay you got it yeah didn't have to audition again or anything they just were like let's exp- expedite this process and yeah and i think just for them to make it easier too because they were doing a lot of online auditions a lot of zoom auditions i think it was just easier for them to just book the people that they were like oh and at, at that point i think it's going to be three to five episodes so they're like it's not a major role so we don't really need the callback we know she can do this comedy thing so it's fine yeah the crazy part is i booked that on I know the date because I booked it on June 26th and the year before on June 26th, I booked my first commercial. Oh, amazing. Same date. It took you that long to book your first commercial? Well, I had only had an agent for like a couple months before that. Oh, interesting. I didn't try to get an agent until years after I was What here. was the reason for waiting so long to get an agent? Like coming from Sweden, as I'm from, I got to LA and I said, the only thing I'm going to focus on is doing improv and getting good at improv and getting good at this craft. And then once I felt confident enough to go after an agent, I got the first agent that I tried to get, you know? Yeah. And then that was, and then I booked a commercial pretty soon. Wait, were you doing improv in Sweden? Mm -hmm. So you came here specifically for improv. I guess I I don't know if I realized that. I came here, I mean, I came here because of acting and stuff like that, but I didn't come here with the sense of, as soon as I get to LA, I'm going to be an actor. Okay. I came here with the sense of, I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to be confident enough to pursue this. Yeah. Or, and I'm going to have experience enough to be able to pursue this. If I had like started trying to get an agent as soon as I got here, I don't think it would have gone as well because I didn't really know what was going on. Right. So after doing improv for a lot of years, I was like, okay, I've done what I can do with improv. You know, what is my purpose of being here? Yeah. It's to act. Right. And so, you know, got an agent went out on how did you get your first agent uh it's well my only agent but (laughs) so commercially it was really weird actually i used to babysit a lot okay and there was a it was a hot summer's day and i decided (laughs) (laughs) i decided to take this kid to a splashing pond downtown like this is splashing yeah this is like a weird this sounds like a weird story but it's gonna come together a splashing splashing pond you know like when it's really hot there's like no Oh, so when it's really like hot, a little kids pool, kind of, but it's like a it's fountain like a downtown oh, and okay. they kids can play in it when it's really hot and to cool. Thank you. And I was there and I'd never been there before. And I was playing with the kid in the splashing pond and this other guy was playing with his kid in the splashing pond. And we were like the only parents. Oh, well, I wasn't a parent, but the only adults playing with the kids. Yeah. And so we started talking because the kids started playing with each other and then they wanted to have like their snacks together. So me and this guy, we had our snacks together. Okay. And so it's uh, either meat cute or a business. It's a business cute. Uh, <laughs> a biz cute. <laughs> a biz cute. And uh, we started talking and I was like, oh yeah, I'm an actor. I mean, I do improv and I'm finally deciding to start looking for an agent. And he went, oh, I'm an actor. I can refer you to my agency. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And so he referred me to 
Daniel Hoff agency. I went in, I auditioned for them, got a callback for them, and then booked the... They do callbacks for their agency interviews? Mm-hmm. Oh, fascinating. I, they used to. I don't know if they do anymore, but mm-hmm. they used to do... Uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And, and so, then you pivoted... I know this, but you pivoted them into theatrical as well. Well, yes, because I started interning for them. Yeah. So I signed with them theat- no, I signed with them commercially and then started interning there to like get to know them and then at the time when I started um at the time when I was signed with them this woman Janelle Bernard, she was the receptionist there and then when I was interning for them, she became a theatrical agent. Oh, cool. And so we got to know each other really well. I worked right. in the office. And then when I was ready to start looking for a theatrical agent, which was about a year after I signed commercially, I was like, I should now try to do theatrical stuff. She was like, I'll sign you. Yeah. So let me ask you a question about that. Like, I feel like I'm always worried or maybe I guess maybe I'm not worried, but like I've thought about this is like out here you get perceived as what you are. Was there ever any concern from you or like from them about, oh, no, that's Jen. She works in the office. She's not an actor. She's. She's an admin assistant. Was there ever like any? I think there was a time when they did want me to work there. Like they were like, "We like you, and you could you could work here." And I was well. I just started trying to become an actor. Like I want to give that a shot first before I give up on it. Right. And so I don't think so because they were always very supportive and very much like, "Hey, if you get in the room, they'll like you." You know, like. They're like, you're a likable person, so we believe in you. Right. And especially Janelle, who has been so amazing to take a risk on someone who didn't have any credits, who didn't have anything, but just like personality-wise. And I also think that they saw how hard I worked because I would do work for them. So they were like, no, you work hard. You're a good person. We believe in you. Yeah. Well, it seems like when you see like agency gigs, they're like no actors because they don't want to deal with like yeah. sending you out. So it's just interesting that it worked out for yeah, you. Yeah. It's sense. weird. And I, it's like one of those unique things. I don't think you, you know, people see a story and they go, oh, well, then I should do that too. It's like, no, it's different for everyone. Like it just happened to work out for me because I get along really well with the agents and I had a lot of free time to help out extra, you know? Yeah. And Janelle and I just happened to get along really well and it just, it was just one of those lucky things that I also was prepared for because I had worked really hard to get there. Yeah, yeah. So that's very yeah. cool. You mentioned on your first audition for On the Verge, you coached for that. Yes. What was the what What was like the impetus for that? Because like, I haven't started coaching auditions until recently. Mm-hmm. So why did you have that foresight so early in your process to do well, that? Well, I started taking classes as I got a theatrical agent with uh, Billy O'Leary, and. I was just too nervous. I was like, I don't know how to, like, I know how to do commercial auditions, but commercial auditions are different. You know, you go in and you do improv and maybe you'll have a few lines, but I just wanted to do it well. I wanted to do the very best that I could. So I coached with Billy. I went in and we talked about the role and I was pretty, I knew pretty much what I wanted to do with it because it's very well written and the character is very clear of who she is. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure I did the right things. Even when I walked into that audition, I was like, uh, do I slate my name? And they oh, were funny. like, uh, you don't do that for the theatrical audition. So I was like, <laughs> oh, great. Okay, I just want to say, way to go, Billy. Way to not to warn no, he No, no, he Billy did. Billy did the podcast. No, he did. Oh. A long time ago. I love Billy. He did. He did warn me. I just... 
uh, so ultimately up. it was more for nerves than anything. it was more you were for just nerves. like trying to comfort yourself because you were going in the rooms well the also to be like hey am I reading this scene correctly you know yeah. any scene studies like am I interpreting this right is this where you think like for this is where you think the comedy lies you know the attitude of this character because I had to do an accent in it like does this work it's also more there's like in one of the scenes there's it moves from one uh location to the other yeah and i was like oh do i move you know how do i move in the scene to to inter- like to show hey i'm in a different scene now you know so it's kind of just stuff like that but mostly nerves do you still coach on every audition not every audition what, big what's ones. the guideline big ones yeah bigger ones um if it's like a few lines i don't because i think i can interpret that well enough to know what they're looking for and most of the smaller ones are like okay they just want someone who can say these lines and not you know, it's more like, what do they want? Not what do I want? But yeah. if it's like a big one, I'll coach. So do you, th- so like your confidence has clearly gone up since this experience. Well, I also think because of experience, like not just having done it, but having done more auditions, like yeah. first audition, what am I doing? But now if I audition for something, it's going to be similar to something else I might have auditioned for. If it's just a few lines, there's not that many different ways you can do it. Yeah. Right. If it's a if it's a bigger scene, sure you can interpret it in different ways. But if it's four lines, yeah, just read the lines. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Most of the time. And yeah. am I right in thinking you don't like self tapes? I just. Is it, I feel like we had this discussion recently. I, I'm such a. I talk to a lot of people though, so it's hard to keep track. Do you like self tapes? I kind of do. Yeah. I I see the benefits of both. Yeah. Self tapes to me are. Like I've been coaching on my self tapes, my theatrical self tapes recently. All of them. This year, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I I like being told what to do, and I find that um, it's more fun to play with it. Like way. Yeah. If if I go in there and do a one, li- I'm only auditioning for co-star. So if I go in there and do a one line read, I'm like, I can't really have fun with this. I can give you one of those yeah. many versions that I can do at home and yeah. and see how it looks. I I I like self tapes in the way that's like it's easier you just do it from home but i am a kind of a perfectionist in the way that i will spend hours hours on a self-tape which you're not i mean you're not supposed to spend a bunch of hours on them right like what, break that down what what is your hours going to do are you talking like two hours of prep and then an well, hour talking, shooting and an hour of editing or are you talking about four hours in front of the camera just running it it depends on it depends on the scene or how long it is but i've spent four hours filming a self-tape. oh no <laughs> that's not good i mean maybe three hours but I just did one recently where it was two scenes and they were like emotional. So it's a lot of crying and it's a lot of like eyeline stuff. So I like to uh, get in there. Okay, this is my lighting. These are my cues. And then, okay, here are my eyelines. And then what's happening in the scene and where do I have to move my eyelines? Is there a car moving? Okay, there's a car moving. Okay, I look over here to say that line and then I look over here to say that line. But follow the car. So I do like a lot of prep yeah. to that. And then I say all the lines multiple times to like get all the poo out poo out sure <laughs> get all the bad stuff out and then i i run it and sometimes it just takes longer because i don't like when i mess up like even if it's it's okay sometimes if you mess up a line right but if it's a self-tape you can just do it again so yeah, i just I do it again you, but you got to remember too you booked your first thing off sort of mess ups that's true but that's <laughs> but that's in the room right but like if you mess up while you're doing in the middle of a scene i think that's could be good i wouldn't I wouldn't redo it if it's like a small word that I mess up, right? But if I'm not hitting the emotion where I want to hit it or if I'm not saying a certain w- certain things the way I want them, I will start over. Yeah. I, I I will usually 
uh, try to do the whole scene through, even if I mess up in the middle. And then I go, well, let me just try it again. And I just keep, well, let me just try it again. Uh, you know what? I might as well just try it again. <sighs> do you do it by yourself or do you have anyone? No, I've, I've, my friend does it with me. Okay, good. Uh, and he, uh, he's, I mean, I don't coach as much on each scene, but you know, my friend Jonas, he does it with me a lot, mostly him. And, and we do talk about the scenes a lot. So it's not like, it's like, you. I mean, I try to, I try to really interpret a scene. What do they want? What are the beats of the scene? And then we just run it. And he's just happy to spend four hours doing it. With wow, that's beautiful. We but, all yeah. should have friends like but that. But then of course there are some that take 30 minutes and it's easier when, when you do more like co-star or guest or whatever you're doing. Some of them you just know, okay, they just want someone to say the lines, yeah. hit the beats, be done. Yeah. And then I don't overthink it. But right. if it's one like, oh, there's a lot of emotions in this and you have to cry and you have to actually feel something, I am going to take a longer time doing them. Yeah. Too long sometimes. Do you find that, I mean, this is interesting that you booked your first thing. Like, you don't really have a before and after because your first thing was a, a good success. Yeah. Good success. <laughs> good success. <laughs> uh, you do good success. But did yeah. you did you learn anything from that entire experience? That From doing on the, what do you mean? I haven't ever been on a set of a TV yeah. show. I haven't ever filmed anything. I haven't been a recurring star. I haven't shot something during COVID. Yeah. I mean, there, you had to be a huge learning experience. That you- oh, yeah. I f- f- and also, I truly think that I did well of like pretending like I knew what I was doing. Yeah, fake like, it until you make it. Yeah. 100%. Um, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was terrifying. I think the thing that has been the best thing for me is knowing that I can book something, right? Because yeah, I haven't huge. booked anything anything like that i've booked commercial since but i haven't booked a show since yeah you know it is a numbers game the one thing i always say is people always say oh you, you'll book like one out of hundred that you do whatever so yeah. i booked my first one and now i have to do 99 auditions before i book another which is fine because at least i i can do it i yeah. know i can do it and so that's like a real confidence boost when you don't book all the other ones but yeah it was so nerve-wracking it was and it's also one of those like i want to get back to that feeling because being on set is the best and i cannot believe that like the people i was on set with yeah people that i have admired most of my life <laughs> it's crazy that's awesome it's crazy so yeah it was a huge learning experience is there but I guess I phrased that a little weird. Did you like take anything from that though that you apply now, like when you're auditioning or think about when you're auditioning or anything? Like scene scene wise? Yeah. Like if like you learned something on set that you didn't think about with angles I or eyelines um, or whatever. I guess just attitude. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe confidence. I mean, I know we just talked about confidence, but it's like, yeah, just just knowing that like you know what you're doing. Right. I don't know if it was, I mean, I did learn stuff angle wise and mark wise, even though I pretended like I already knew all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I listened a lot. I mean, I do, I, it's not like I had never been on set before. I knew, yeah, yeah. but on that scale, I hadn't. Yeah. So definitely that. And then, well, I get not eyeline wise, but, but there is something to say about, having someone having eye contact with someone when you're reading right because sometimes yeah. when i do self-tapes i put up an eyeline and i put up like a post-it being like this is my eyeline because whoever's reading with me is too far away yeah but there is something about responding to a person uh, yeah, it's such a different it's such 100%. a different feeling and i even had that doing that on set i was like oh this is acting yeah <laughs> like you're which is so cliche like you're responding because that's what it is 
but you really feel that on set when on self tapes you're kind of just like i'm saying these lines to oppose it right now yeah do you do that? Do you have eye lines? Like, do you have a mark or do you have I a usually person? just look to the upper left or upper right of the screen is what I try to do. Right. But if you're, if you're reading with someone, they're on the screen or they're on the phone? Uh, when I coach on my audition, they're on a screen behind the... the so you don't I look... I try to post it up right behind the, the phone. So you try to kind of look at them or you're just looking at like... I try empty... to set it up so I'm looking at them and it fits my eye line. Like okay. just yeah. over the camera. That's what I... Room. I try to have yeah. be like, be stand right there. But then sometimes if it's multiple eyelines, you're like, look, I'm looking at the corner of that light. I'm looking at the corner of that thing, you know, and it's it's just different. Eye contact really. Yeah, matters. eye contact is something that I, I have this thing. I track every audition and I you always do. write a note like it started as what I learned from this and now it's pretty repetitive. It's mostly work on your eye line. <laughs> it's like every time I'm like, oh, I guess I struggle with my eye lines a little bit. Well, I put like a little a strip of post-it like right by the camera and then I look at the end of the post-it. Oh, funny. you should try that. That that's helps because then you have you because then you know the island is the exact same place every time. Yeah, that's good. But I do think that was like really helpful, just knowing the eye contact thing because then you learn acting is very different than auditioning. Yeah. Auditioning is still a job. Well, that's kind of yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying to go for. Yeah. Like, did you learn anything on set that you can now apply towards auditions or that like? It is very different, and that's it's why so I was curious. Different. Yeah. I so I I think it's just that boost of confidence, not anything that's like, hey, this one thing that I did on set, I now do in auditions. Yeah. Let me. I don't mean to put you out, um, but okay. I think you have feel a little down now since you did that show right. and you haven't booked much. Yeah. How do you let that confidence that you got there not wane now on the back end of that, where the show unfortunately was canceled and yeah. like you're trying to get your next thing? Like what? It, how just, do you how do you avoid like that? deep opposite you don't <laughs> oh. you write it i think you write it i i it is definitely definitely up and down of course like the industry has been different with covid and there's a lot of things happening that we can't control and i think it's important to like feel those valleys too because i i want to be on set of course but i it is a learning experience to keep getting not even know it's just keep not you know you don't hear anything right so yeah. you're like oh i just don't know and so i think it's you have to like feel those feelings too which can be really overwhelming but then i like to think this is how i think i'm from sweden right i came here from sweden eight years ago i never like this is what i wanted to do i wanted to act yeah and i've done it i'm doing it yeah. right this is i can i can call myself an actor like that's cool and I try really hard to remember that every time I feel bad. Yeah. I also have like the booking of On the Verge. I have that framed in my room so that I know that I, I did. Wait, what do you mean? Like the email, the booking email. Oh, you printed out the email from <laughs> Gmail? Course. That's amazing. Of course. Did it come from Wait, you got an email? You didn't get phone call? Well, I got a phone call from my agent, but I didn't get a phone call from the casting. I got it. I mean, I have the casting like email like hey we want to offer jennifer oh it's forward from your agent yes so i think it's important to remember where you come from like i can't believe i'm in how big is it like four foot by six yeah yeah it's i i (laughs) 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 it's it's my uh i was gonna i can't comforter i was gonna say i printed as a comforter but the joke's over the joke now. I can't. It's gone. The joke would have been better. The joke would have been better. It would have worked. I could have figured it out. Hey, I'm not from here. Yeah, but I think it's, you know, I try to How? remind myself, hey, you you are getting auditions still, right? Like, that's a huge... There were years ago where I 
didn't even have an audition, right? right? Yeah. And so some of the things I've auditioned for, I can't believe I auditioned for. Yeah. But in this vein, like you can't always just look at the positives, right? Like the positives are going to go away. Yeah. And like it's... But you also can't let it be your whole life. You know, like I don't get my sense of worth from if I book or not. What do you, where do you get your sense of worth? Myself. Really? I try to. How where so? do you get your sense no, of worth? No, I finished it against the fucking What do you mean? I don't, I don't think that I am worthy just because I book something. It's like you don't get your sense of worth as a person if you're working. Do you? Uh, no, but no. I think I'm a <laughs> healthy individual. I think a lot of people tie happiness to what we're talking about. I think so too. I think not just in our industry, in any industry, yeah. like you tie your, because you're accomplishing something, but I'm very happy as a person. I think I'm a good person in general. I have a good family. I have a boyfriend. I have all these things. Like I, I get my sense of worth from the fact that I'm living a good life. That's great. And I don't think that just booking something means that you're worthy. Of course not. So, but, but it's that's really, but that, it's really hard. It's yeah. definitely hard to distinguish those two. Like I, oh, yeah. I am very happy and healthy, but yes. it also gets me down when I can't book a one-line audition me on too. a random HBO show. Yeah, you know I mean? when there's five roles for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's an insane I, I 100% agree with that because it's so hard when you're like, I did it. Like my, I said my audition. My audition was good. I could do this. Yeah. Why didn't I do it? Do you ever look at, do you look at the stuff that you don't get? I try to. Yeah. I don't always, but I try to. Yeah, yeah. What's usually what's your conclusion usually after that? I think it's just more noise. Like who knows? Uh, oftentimes that's a different race or ethnicity or whatever, yeah. but like also sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's older, sometimes it's slightly younger, sometimes it looks like me. I mean, Yeah. I, and if I, it looks I, at you, do you feel like your audition you delivered it the way that they did it? I don't know. I mean, you walked into On the Verge in a bikini or not bikini, <laughs> leopard. <laughs> <laughs> leopard onesie and they In were the like of summer, yeah. and they were like that's it like yeah. i think sometimes that we get pictures in our head of what it is yeah i assume at casting directors when they yeah. read a breakdown say this is it in my head yeah and then when they see it they see it yeah and like i could do really bad and still be the person that they saw yeah and they might give me another chance yeah. because they so like it's just so much like i th- i think i probably take in too much information a lot of times and I probably try to overanalyze. So I think... How so? Like in an audition, you mean? like? Well, just why did this not work? Why did this work? What happened? What could have gone wrong? What could have... So when you say like, do you look at who did stuff? I don't love doing that even though they tell you to do it because I'm like, this is just more information that is clouding up what but I'm thinking and But doesn't it make you feel better sometimes? I love doing not it. Really. I, I don't always... <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't watch every single thing but i try to at least go on imdb and see who got the role if it wasn't me because if it's someone who doesn't look like me if it's someone who's a different ethnicity if it's a man you know whatever it is at least i know okay they weren't looking for me right or if it is someone who looks like me or is my type i usually watch it and i go okay well that's how i delivered it in my audition too so at least i know i i was you know on the right track sure but what if it's not how you did it and then they look I, exactly like you. Then I go, okay, so they weren't looking for what I was bringing, right? Like I auditioned for a movie and then when I watched it, it, was, it wasn't like my type, but it also wasn't, she wasn't acting it the way that I did at all, okay. right? And so I was like, oh, so they weren't looking for what I was bringing, which yeah. is like, you can learn something from that. It's like, oh, should I have done it differently? No, I should do it the way that I think it's funny or the way that I would have done it. But this other actor did it in a way that I 
couldn't have imagined it. Yeah. And that's what they wanted. Yeah. And I think sometimes, of course, they have an idea of what they're looking for. And maybe that's not you, but you bring something so unique to it that they're like, oh, well, now it's what we're looking for. I think there's... Right. But yeah. see, when I hear that, then I'm like, why couldn't, why couldn't I have done that that time? When you're like, yeah. oh, it doesn't look anything like me. It's 70 years older than me. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I could have brought the thing. <laughs> you had a hundred year old? Yeah. I could have brought the, m- enough of me and made them realize. So like when you start like digging into it like that deep, I'm just like, yeah. is this helping? Is this it's healthy? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's exhausting. I think it's, I think there are no right answers. I know, even, and that's what's maddening. Because right? even like there have been tapes that I've, that I have, uh, submitted that i've been like that was so good like i didn't know i had that in me that was so good that's great and then it's like nothing <laughs> yeah so you're like okay so it can't be me but it is a, it's but then maybe that casting director will bring me in again yeah right? I, which is that's what i look for is patterns like that that's which my number like one tells, thing yeah. my number one thing i look for is will a casting director bring me in again yeah. and again and again because you have to book the room and not necessarily book the role yeah i feel it well or yourself i would love to you can't book the room anymore and that's a whole other still it's still the room i feel like on this new iteration of this podcast i'm much more negative than the previous iteration yeah what are you (laughs) (laughs) i feel like people are gonna like it more because i'm not laughing as much but you're such a happy person (laughs) people hated my laugh on the last yeah that's true you just laugh at your own jokes all the time well i'm very funny i and if nobody is else is gonna laugh you're right well do it you're right I've been asking everybody this on Box Angels 2.0. 2.0. You mentioned that you 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 get happiness from you and and from your being and your relationships and stuff. What do you do to get away from acting? Like, what is your? I, I've been phrasing it like we're in such a productivity centered world where we got to yeah. do stuff to make likes, we got to do stuff to monetize, we got to do all this. What do you do to get away from all of that sort of aspect of content creation and artist artistry? Um. I do a lot of Pilates. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you know that? Uh, a little bit. I you've told me. You I haven't it. done it in the past six months, <laughs> <laughs> seventeen years. But I used to love Pilates <laughs> when you were, a l- but a little Swedish girl. Uh, um, I uh, I hurt my foot a couple weeks ago, so I haven't done it since then. Right, but what what does Pilates do for you? What is it? What it is just it? puts me in like a different mindset. Yeah, I. After COVID, I was looking for something that, like an exercise that I was like, okay, I want to get stronger because I've been sitting on my tush for too long, just like my body is hurting. What's something that will build muscles and also like I will probably enjoy. Yeah. And so I started doing Pilates. There's a studio right down the street from me and I loved it. And I was like, oh, this is, this, I can close off my mind for like an hour or two a day and just exercise. So I like that. Um I, I don't know what else I do. I mean, what do you do to not? My big ones are golf. Of course. Golf is yes. huge for me because it's, I'm not trying to produce anything and I'm literally just trying to beat myself and do better than my last shot. Yeah. Really. And it's out there by myself, slamming some Bud Lights, uh, the gayest beer in the game. And uh, yeah, it's just me against myself mentally. I also love plants. So we you got a lot of plants. plants and I repotted a bunch of plants. Yeah. Just sort of. That sort of motion of putting something in the ground and like yeah. doing all that. I used to love plants. I also do hit workouts. Oh, That's yeah. about it. That's the yeah. I also play a lot of Fortnite. So those would be my Oh, four. like a lot of video games? Just Fortnite. <laughs> I'm a 12-year-old boy. I'm a 12-year-old yeah. Swedish boy. <laughs> I think any anything that can distract you, of course, is good. I just... It's so hard to get distracted in this town. It's I interesting think. you phrase it as distraction, though. To me, it's flow. Do you know the term flow? 
Flow's the the state of being when you're in your. Why'd you just look at me? <laughs> <laughs> flow. It's a really fascinating thing. So flow's the idea where you're completely into something and it's a little bit challenging, mm. right? So if you're focused on something and you're you're really good at it, that's boredom. It's kind of like sectors, right? So there's a challenging section and then like how much concentration you are. And flow's like you're concentrated on it and it's a little bit challenging. So it keeps your attention just in this, what they call flow state. Okay. And for me, Fortnite, golf, I'm not great at either of them, but there's just like, I see little increments of growth. So it's not at all a distraction to me. I think that flow state is really valuable to me to just like get away from everything. I I understand that. I get it. I guess I just like don't do a lot of other things. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, I hang out with my friends a lot. I go hiking. I do all this stuff. I yeah, hiking. I work and all this stuff. But it's like I think I think about. I mean, when I do an audition, I it depends on my mood, right? But and how many auditions I've had, I try really hard to just let it go after. And we talk about this a lot. Yeah. But like, of course, there's going to be stages in your life where you keep just not understanding why you're not booking it and so you're going to hold on to it but then recently for sure i've learned to like okay just present your best work just do what you can in the tape present be like hey here this is for you i you know this is a the best i could do but i just think about acting a lot yeah i think it's hard not to yeah i mean not 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 in the negative thing not not like oh why can't i be doing this but more like what can i be doing to be doing it well you did say and i don't know if there's truth to this you did say you watch a lot of tv are you studying i i'm assuming now as you say this you're studying stuff i mean i guess i mean i do watch a lot of stuff so no (laughs) no i mean i i I do i do watch a lot of stuff i like to watch a lot of new stuff i like to see who's casting the new stuff i like to see who's been casting that I'd like to see what role could I play in the show or oh, or why did I not go out for this or why am I not doing it? Yeah. Why did this person book something and I didn't book it? <laughs> That's an interesting exercise though to go through all like the big TV shows and see what you would what role you would be in. Yeah, or just like could I have gone out for this? Yeah. And I watch the stuff that I did go out for and I didn't get. Yeah. I watch all of it. I try to. It's a lot of time. Maybe I should be doing something else. But <laughs> no, this is what you enjoy. Let me talk about odd jobs here. So, mm. or day jobs. You were you were focused on improv. You were doing a day job, I assume. Then you were working seven at jobs at one point at, at the same one, time. Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so you work is what you do. Yeah. As your hobby. Um, but you worked for Daniel Hoff. I assume you quit when you got on the verge. You were shooting quite a bit. I was interning for them uh, before COVID. Yep. And then COVID hit, and I wasn't working for them anymore. Yeah. And then after, in 2021, I started working for them a little bit again. So during On the Verge, you weren't working a job? No. Okay. No. Well, it was COVID too, so no one was really, I mean, I guess you were working during COVID, but I was not. Yeah. Were you working during COVID? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> I was also really lucky. So when COVID hit, my commercial that I had filmed like two months before or three months before came out. Yeah. So I started getting, and it was a SAG national. Oh. So I started getting residuals right as COVID hit. Yeah. Like truly the week after COVID hit, I got my first residuals check. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. And that aired for a year. So I could like live off of that. Right. Which was really nice. And right. then On The Verge came along and I started making money off of that. Right. So, so now though, like what have you found like the balance with work or like what have you found is good work day jobs for you? I do. I work for uh, an event company okay. that does corporate events 
and it's awesome because you get out you meet a lot of people and you have a lot of fun it's like you just play games yeah. you know and i work for such a great company that i truly like working yeah and i also work for a company and a boss who's like we know that you have other dreams like That's everyone good. everyone yeah. who works for us right like we know we all have other things that we uh you know do besides for this job you know i mean we love this job yeah but if you have other dreams we're here to support you so if i have a booking if i book like i mean if i have an event and then i get an audition or something they are usually very understanding yeah freelance i never did freelance but freelance seems really interesting and for it, well it's good in the sense that there's not a schedule so yes. like you're not committed if you do get something yes but it's also bad because there's not a schedule right i know so it's kind of nerve-wracking it's yeah. a little on edge a little i've bit. always been good at saving money so i am uh i always like to know that i'm okay but yeah i mean during during the years here i used to babysit a lot i was a manager at a cafe i was a server i've worked for transcription i've done like a lot of different things where you if i got an audition i was like i have to quit this job because i have to go to this audition all those you had to quit if you no were... no no oh, but, <laughs> but in my mind i'm like okay if i get an audition i'm gonna prioritize this and if they won't let me go i would just quit yeah because acting is more important to me yeah yeah but it's nice right now to have a have a part-time job that's like no we understand that you have and there's a bunch of actors who work for them yeah, yeah so that helps and it's nice to get out you know i get out meet play games have fun work hard it's also low stakes so you can daydream about acting too yes and it's like a performance you're like a hey everybody come on over here. like you're performing a little bit right i think so yeah so it, i like that a lot too yeah do you budget your time at all i've been asking people this too like do you think not to this degree, but do you are you like fifty percent of my time this week should be on acting, fifty percent should be twenty five percent on work, twenty five percent on? Do you? Not not really, no, but I, I try don't. to like <laughs> again not to that degree, but I try to. No, I, know. I yeah. try to go golf every at least every couple of weeks. I try yeah. to I try to uh, sit down and just read for as much as I can. Yeah. I try to like I try not to always be working or acting or producing like like making content for sure and like being like we are it's i do think it's important to get away right and to do other things like for you to golf and stuff like that i do try to be like okay i'm gonna at least exercise for this many hours a day or like or like get go for a walk or whatever and then spend time not just watching tv yeah but that's <laughs> you enjoy watching tv though and it's research. i know but it's such a you're just sitting watching tv why do we feel guilty about that that's so fascinating that we, i th i wonder if there's any myth or any research to that like i feel like in the 90s or the 80s the, there was that campaign that gotta get your kids outside you don't want them to be couch potatoes but, don't but you like feel so much better when you've been outside for a day than if you're watching tv for a whole day it depends on what i'm watching i mean i watched the masters a couple weeks ago oh, yeah. master sunday and that was delightful to watch sit down yeah but if you're doing already. that four days in a row well, no, you're doing that. No, I'm not. I'm not. But I'm saying there has to be a balance, right? What you're talking about. <laughs> if you watch, yeah, if you watch uh, 24 hours of TV for seven days a week, it's a lot. Not saying that I watch but that I much. But I do think, now, as I'm thinking about this, I do think there's something to what I'm saying. Like, there was that huge thing where it's like, got to get your kids outside. And it's like, we're going to where we have screens outside, too. Like, Yeah, there's too many screens. There's a lot of screens. But are, is that a bad thing though? Really? Yes. Uh, is it? You don't think it's bad? That I don't know. I think it's a little bit bad. We have. I don't. I like have. Ev you can ask me any question. I have the answer in my pocket. Yeah, but you also are just on your phone all the time. Like the human interaction is m missing. Humans are overrated. 
This is the new negative me. I don't. I hate I don't human people. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't human, I, like, I hate human people. I don't think I like it. I don't think I like this version of you. I just. I think. I do think. I'm I mean, a realist. I'm now. on social media, but I'm not on a lot of social media. Yeah. Which can be good and bad. I mean, for our business, I think you have to be on social media and you have to like create stuff. I just don't. I do have my bit Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah. Crouching down with uh, your Jen, chin on your face. Jen crouching down with hand on chin. It's beautiful. But th- that's a, this is speaking to my point though. Like, I feel like we as a society and especially artists feel like we have to be constantly busy, and yeah. I think that's such bullshit. And it's I think it's, it's because we creates see. this weird tension in our head that if we're not doing something for likes or for validation, like we're wasting our time. And it's like, yeah. no, there's valuable things to be had. Me sitting on a golf course, smashing yeah. beers. You hiking with your friends. Yeah, and I do think, I mean, I do think the whole we have to do stuff all the time is because we are on social media and people post and we think that they're doing stuff all the time, which just isn't true because yeah, it's, it's weird, not real. Like, it's not, thing, yeah, it's not real. Thing. And I think something that I try to remind myself of is that I have worked hard to get here, right? If I'm not working hard for one day or two days, it's not that I've given up. It's more like I've, I've worked really hard to get here, right? I yeah. got on all the improv teams. I did all the stuff. I did all the work. I did all the classes. I used to... All the classes, I Jen? did every single class. Damn. No. Uh, all the classes I've done. But, you know, I studied hard. I read a lot. I, you know, try to get out a lot, all this stuff. So if I'm taking two days to be like, oh, I'm not working on this today, that doesn't mean I'm not working on it. Let me ask you about improv because I think of you as an improviser because that's where I met you and yeah. we spent a lot of time at IO together. Um, where, what's your relationship right now with improv? I feel like when you and me were at, in it at the height, yeah, it was very much must do, must be, must always be doing shows and stuff. Where are you yeah. at with improv right now? I'm not. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> like, done with it over no, it, or you just haven't had time? Or I just so I did so much improv. Right? I started yeah. doing improv in Sweden, and I was like, oh, I like this, and I'm good at it. So this is what I want to do. Okay, I'm gonna go to LA. Okay, I did classes at UCB. I did classes at iOS. I did classes at Second City. I got on a house, you know, I got a Herald at iOS. I got on Mess Hall at UCB. I was on a house team on Second City, and then COVID hit. Right, and so it was like, oh, you were on all of that at the same time before no, COVID. No, so oh, those before, some of those. Okay, I got yeah. It, got so it, got I mean, it, I, I was on Herald Night at iOS until it closed. Right, and then once that closed, I got on Mess Hall at UCB. Right, and then once that run was over. I got on a house team at Second City. Okay. Or I, I might have done how I might have done UCB and Second City a little bit at the same time. But okay. anyway, but and then my team got cut at Second City like right before COVID hit. I see. And so I kind of stopped doing improv right before just because I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I mean, I did indie shows and stuff like that, but nothing on a house team and I wasn't gonna audition for Harold that year. Whatever. COVID hit and I was like, I don't wanna do online improv. Like that I wasn't just appealing to me. And since it's been back I just haven't had the drive to do it, but I do. It's been so helpful. I mean, when I was on the verge, they let us do improv on set. Like they let us improvise stuff. Yeah. And that confidence that, okay, you can do it. That really helps. So I'm not, I don't think I'll never do it again. I just need to find where, because like on my first day of on the verge, my first scene I shot, so nervous, right? So, so, so nervous. And then I improvised a line and they liked it and they're like, Oh good. And I was like, Oh, I can do this, right? Like, and it's like, if you mess up, we said, it's okay. You, yeah. And improv really helps with like, if you mess up, just keep going. Yeah, yeah. So right now, I don't have like a very close relationship with improv, but I do miss how, I missed good improv. Yeah, I think we got into a weird time. Like we got into it at its height, kind of. Yeah. Or I guess I did, maybe you didn't. Yeah. But you were doing it in Sweden, which is the purest improv in Ooh. Sweden. Um, 
I think we got it in as tight. Well, like kind of what I'm talking about this production thing. Like we just felt like we had to we had to take every class, had to be on seven practice teams, had to do this to get onto a stage, and it was yeah. just like. It was such a weird manufactured time where there was so it was so saturated and yeah. for such little return and it needed that kind of reset. And I feel like now that that COVID reset happened, a lot of people are like, it was good training, but it wasn't life or death. Like a lot ha- of people treated it. At yeah, the time. but we do have a lot of friends who are still. Yeah, but I have a, I have just as many, if not more, that have completely stepped away from it I and just let too. it let I it mean, go. I got such joy from improv. Like I did too. I had such a Grew up in Sweden, you know, my dad's American, my mom's Swedish. I kind of had a different sense of humor than a lot of people. I mean, my family had a different sense of humor. Yeah, we a were, bad one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was dead silence on the mic for like five minutes. Um, no, and so when I found improv, I found like a place and I found friends who wanted the same thing. Yeah. And it was a very community. And then coming to LA, yeah. I... Bastard! Did so I would go to an improv show seven nights a week probably. Yeah. I would be at an improv theater seven nights a week. There was one week where I saw twenty two shows. Yeah, in one week, but I got so much joy out of it. Oh, then yeah, that's good. Yeah, I didn't. I thought you meant just to like be seen. And no, be- no, I mean I like I learned so much from improv. Did you say learned? I learned. I heard learned. What I I might have said learned. <laughs> it's funny i learned yeah like i said i think we just it was just such a weird time and i think like improv's great but it shouldn't be everything and i think the competitive aspect of it made it such like yeah. a and it was just set up to fail i think the way they had they were running auditions and stuff it's like why do we take classes uh multiple classes that are multiple weeks long so that we can come to one audition a year yeah with people we've never performed for and yeah. have that be the deciding fa- like that makes zero fucking sense yeah. and it's like talk to the teachers did he get better every week was he working good with everybody was she uh, I guess that's why they tried to have a committee right with multiple people yeah but they still do one I know, audition it's I know. very strict but anyways I'm <laughs> no, just but- saying like the whole idea of improv became such a weird cutthroat thing where you had to be seen and it just like I agree. really ruined it for a lot of people I, I think, think- I don't like how people, I didn't like the times when I felt like, talking about worth, came from if I got on the team or not. Yeah. Which are definitely, there were times where I was like, if I don't get on this team, 100%. am I funny? You know, Everybody, and it's like, yeah. yes, I am still funny, even though I didn't find the game in this one show that I did. Yeah. So I didn't like that part of it either. I loved the community of it. I loved my friends doing it. I loved how I felt when I had a really good show or even when I had a bad show. I liked how I felt when I was on stage. But I do think it's like a stepping stone. Like I think it's... I think it's, It should it, be treated should that be, way. Yeah. It, I think it's... You know, you can you can use improv in all aspects of your life, right? Yeah. Like in, not just in performing, but in just like your normal day life. Stuff that I have learned... Learned... Now I'm not gonna be able to say that word anymore. <laughs> it's fine as they learned. It just threw me off a little bit. What? What's the? I, okay. Anyway, but I don't. For me, I don't see. I'm. I'm never gonna go back to how I used to do improv. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think there's a place for that anymore. But I do miss how I felt doing it. I just don't miss how crappy I felt if I didn't do well in a show. In an audition or like in a getting well, that, a herald. Yeah. Stuff like again, that, that's yeah. what's so stupid about those auditions, though. Like to me. 
it was such a conflict of interest at the top, right? They would charge us for classes, so they were incentivized to have us in as many classes as possible. Yeah. So everybody got through all the classes, and it's yeah. like, okay, and then, and then they classes. do one audition, but it's like, no, switch, push people into different classes, different tracks, where it's yeah. like good, bad, medium, or whatever, good, bad, medium, and then like filter people through that rather yeah. than one audition that everybody's like stressed about, and it's just like makes us artificial intelligence yeah. uh, competition that is not good for anybody when we're competing like that. I never even got it like a UCB callback and apparently that was a fucking shit show of everyone trying to fight for stage time and it's like, how is this good for anybody? I just heard you talk about this on your podcast on the way here. No way, really? <laughs> Harold auditions. Oh, funny. Was like, it was I similar thought? Well, you were just talking about how flawed... I didn't, fi- I didn't hear... <laughs> I just, you were talking about how flawed it was, right? It's very flawed. But... I mm-hmm. I agree and I do I I don't know what the answer is right and I I don't, I don't think there's an answer I'm no. just saying I think improv had a huge reset and yes I think you what you did it for that joy and what I did it for yeah. just like the immediate audience reaction yeah was what it should have always been yeah and we just got in at a time when it was just so popular and so competitive for no yeah. reason yeah well I also think it became a thing where it's like if you get on stage at this theater you'll be seen and you'll be an actor and you'll get cast which was and such stuff. bullshit and it's like don't, this is the best way to get cast stuff. This is, no, there's not. There's no. plenty of ways so to do it. So many people don't get so cast many, from any of those. And like when you put something like UCB or iOS, whatever, on your on your resume, because when you did commercials, they're like, we like to have people who do improv come in, even though they can't say that. That's what they wanted. But people would put UCB if they did one class. Hundred percent. Yeah. And so people I mean, would put I mean, it if they didn't even. I know. And so it was like, such a fucking money making. It was yeah. such a bad yeah. business model. And people didn't know the difference, right? People didn't know the difference. Like if no. you're casting. It's like, you don't know. Okay, I went through improv. I was on mess all this stuff. They don't know. They're not going to know yeah. what that means. They also don't care if you're doing 12 indie shows at the clubhouse no. a week. No. For three people. But they do care if you come in and you can make something work. Yeah. But if you go and have joy and do a show at the clubhouse for three people and you get something out of it. That's, that was one of my best shows. That's the purest thing that yeah. I'm into. And I, like, yeah. I kind of, where I'm going with this, you and me should do an improv team. <laughs> But I would like to go up and get that. I do miss that immediate satisfaction. Yeah, I I miss it. I just or immediate. I don't know if I would. I would know. I don't know if I would get the same joy out of it now. Yeah, maybe not. But or maybe you're far enough away that you would. Maybe. I've been asking everybody this too. Okay, so I'm uh, not unique. Thank you. Did, uh, we're towards the end of the podcast, so this <laughs> I'm trying to make this my last question. We'll okay. see if it sticks. Okay. Uh, last week, Oscar had a horrible answer. <laughs> Did anyone take a chance on you that was like a big pivotal moment in your in your artistry or career or whatever? I mean, I think my agent did. Is that does that count? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, not having any credits or any experience in the theatrical world, and I I mean I had booked commercials and stuff with my agency. Yeah. And um, then you know Janelle just believing that I could be something. Yeah. And even, I mean, I have a manager too, which is great. And she saw the show and she was like, I want to work with you. And so she took a, you know, Stephanie, she took a chance on me too. But I think the first person was probably Janelle. That's cool. Who was like, hey, let's do this. Have you talked to her about that? Have you told her that? I've I've told her how appreciative. I mean, she knows I'm very appreciative of her. And we were, I mean, we're we're friends as well. And she's the kind of person who, you know, I, (laughs) if I have questions about anything, she will be there, which, 
you know, is beyond what her job is. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> but she's that's because you were friends first. Bro. Yes, yeah. yes. That's I think, great. I think that's and to have like representation, both Janelle and Stephanie, who believe in me, is really nice. Hell yeah! Because sometimes you don't believe in yourself. Yeah. Do you believe in yourself? Sometimes. Do you believe in yourself? <laughs> I was just thinking. Yeah, I do. What do you yeah. mean? Of course. Good. I got that's the right answer. I got that big dick energy. Uh, cut, please cut that out. I'll go back to being negative. No, I don't believe in myself. I got that small dick energy. I got that tiny dick energy. Um, I think to the point of telling her, I think a lot of, I've noticed this a lot this year. I feel like we don't tell people that they matter to us as much as we should. So I, I do. Oh, really? Yes. I feel like we tell it to other people like you told me just now but no like, I tell oh my god I I tell my I'm failing to remember the last time you told me I meant a lot to you I mean there's a I'm reason sure for that <laughs> <laughs> no I, I I I like to think that I am good at telling people that I appreciate them I wasn't specifically telling you I was saying no I know in general, everybody. I general I feel like we but I do to, agree with that we talk good about other people behind their back but we yes. need to tell it more to yes. people's faces I think I do agree with that collectively I do think it's, as a society yes as a collective and especially with I mean, with everyone, with friends and family, but also with people who are working for us, yeah. who don't get paid unless we get paid, Agreed. to be like, hey, I appreciate all I'm the work you're doing. I'm going to send my reps an email after this. What are you going to say? I'm going to say, hey, I appreciate you. Thank you for everything. What if they're like, okay, we're going to drop you. <laughs> that would suck. If if a positive note led to them dropping me, that'd be very How did you get your agent and manager? Which one? Uh, theatrical. My TV agent was a guy named Chris Savidra. He uh, liked the podcast and was like tweeting about it. And I said, hey, come on. He was like sharing it on Twitter. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And he was a commercial guy first and foremost. But uh, we had talked and he was like, I'm going to dip my toe into theatrical. You should come on. And so that's kind of how it happened. That's cool. Yeah. And your manager? You reached out to them, right? My manager, I was just spray, I, yeah. spraying and praying I emails to yeah. everybody. And uh they liked, I referenced myself as a funny dad bod type and they mm. thought that was funny. self-deprecating enough to want to interview me and then once once I get him on an interview, oh, I got him in the door, baby. How long do you take on, now I'm going to ask you, I know we're at the end, but how long do you take on a self-tape? I only get co-stars, right? So I try not to take more than, filming wise, half an hour. Like I don't run lines really for him because mm. um, it's under five usually, mm. so it's pretty easy to figure that out. Um, I said, lately I've, I've scheduled it with my coach uh, we say this time and maybe run the lines and set up everything for 20 minutes before it and then we knock it out in yeah. under 30 usually. That's good. And then I edit it in right away in 10 That's to 15 good. minutes. What's yeah. the longest you ever spent on an audition? Not that long. Not four hours? No. I spend more time on like class stuff. Like in classes yeah. I get like meaty stuff and I, I run, if I'm working, I did a like an audition class in February where it was two nights a week so Wednesday and Saturday Yeah. and like the moment Wednesday class was done, I recharged, and then Thursday I was immediately running the lines for, yeah. for Saturday. I mean, I think that's the way to do it. If I get like a co-star audition, I will take, it will be faster, of course, because if it's less yeah. lines, it'll be easier to understand. And although I do think that they're harder sometimes because you don't know what to bring to them, right? Agree, if it's yeah. two lines, it's like, I don't know what to do with this, and I do think it's harder than having like a five-page scene that yeah. you can interpret and you can understand what's happening. But, yeah. yeah. My character bios are often... 30 to 40 hippie pep shop owner. You know what I mean? It's like they just, they give you one maybe verb, adjective. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Do you feel good? I feel fine. How do you feel? I mean, about this interview. Yeah, Anything I feel else great. you want to add? Uh, you were a little nervous about this. You were a little apprehensive. 
Yeah, I don't like talking about myself. How'd it go? I don't know. You tell me. You, you're the one who listened. I don't know. We'll see what the numbers say, oh, and no. I'll get back to you. I didn't have any good uh, gra- scraps. Oh, I'm going to really have to work on this one in post-production. Oh, shit. All right, you guys slate your name again. End slate. Hi. Tail, tail slate. Sorry, I talked over it. Hi, I'm Jennifer E. Gardner. I am five four and a half, and I'm based in Los Angeles. Have <laughs> a great day. MTV and the Channel E. A thing for celebrities. I don't think I like it. I don't think I like this version of you.